Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. So today I'm delighted to be joined by, uh, by, by Richard. And Richard was one of the, Richard has his own podcast, which we'll, we, will talk, uh, we will talk about, no doubt. And um, he was one of the first guys to have me on when, as, when I was guesting before I had my own podcast. And uh, when I met him, I just thought he's a, he's a great guy. And we had a fantastic, we had a fa- fantastic conversation. Um, so he's one of the guys I wanted to get on and uh, re- re- return the favour, uh, and also just have a have a have a have a great chat too. So welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on, making time for this today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's a, a lovely introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you uh, can you tell uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you and and, and your story, uh, Richard, and then we'll get on to the the thriving adoptive part, the back of it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, so we started our adoption journey probably about 10 and a half years ago now. Um, wow. My husband and I came into the process um, very, like everyone, naive as to what it would look like and how it would look. And I guess we came into the process, again, quite commonly, rather selfishly, all that we wanted to do was adopt a child um, and we wanted to be parents we weren't thinking about sort of what what that would actually look like and then people start talking and saying oh they've thrown buzzwords like attachment and contact and you know trauma and you think oh okay what's all this about um when we first came into the process we were looking for sort of a two to four year old um possibly looking for a younger child um i Again, quite commonly, I assumed that the younger the child was, the less trauma there would be. So the easier the job would become. Um, but we actually ended up adopting little dude who was one week away from turning seven years old when we brought him into our life. And things sort of really, really took took a whole sort of roller coaster journey from there. Um, and we're now sort of, he's he's been with us for nine years and yeah we've just had a wonderful journey since yeah 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 um the first thing that popped into my head was you know so a week before he was a week before he was seven mm. um, how was the seventh birthday because that must have been yeah i mean how, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> it it was quite um it was quite surreal because it was it was a case of we'd, we'd known him for two weeks and then well, the third week led into his birthday. So we'd known we'd known this person for three weeks before celebrating a, a real big thing. And because we'd only just finished introductions, our adoption agency were like, well, you know, he can't meet the wider family. That's far too soon. And we were like, yeah, but how can he not meet his wider family? Because it's a birthday celebration. So we kind of had almost like a double celebration. So he was like the queen. <laughs> so we had a celebration with our family, but with the understanding that at any minute this could stop and he could it could be a bit too wobbly for him. And then the following day, we had a celebration with his old foster family and we got together with him. And actually for his first year, that celebration was the one that was more important to him because they were people that he knew and he'd lived with for three and a half years. So it was, it was weird. It was surreal. It was 
different, but it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the, the thing that pops off, off the back of it, yes, it, it must be, but it must be surreal. But the whole, the whole thing is surreal, isn't it? The whole... Mm. I mean, I, 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 you know, whether kids, you know, the arrival of kids, because uh, me and my wife haven't got any kids, right? We've got we've got two Labradors and we've got two pigs. So um, <laughs> that that was pretty surreal. Right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, getting the pigs, especially the pigs, because the pigs traveled in a dog uh, uh, in a dog cage in the back of my little Audi. Like now. Um, yeah. They were piglets, right? There's this thing about micro pigs. That's not, that's just, that's just a sales con. They were piglets. So two yeah. of them in the back of it. But that was pretty surreal driving. But um, driving, <laughs> driving a, a, a car five, uh, 50 miles with uh, with two pigs in the back of it was pretty surreal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can imagine right. it was a bit of a, bit of a strange it's experience. Strange one, yeah, but it must be surreal for everybody. You know the arrival of kids into every anybody's life must be surreal, um, but mm. the uh, the speed at which it happens it happened for you, and you know all this other stuff that we're going on. Like when things are going to be that surreal, right? kind of everybody's looking to prepare, aren't they? Everybody's looking to prepare and you know get ready and have a plan and stuff like that. Well, um, uh, what did somebody say? Every plan. Uh, um, everybody's Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan about how they're going to fight me until until the, until I hit them in the jaw or something like that. <laughs> I, the, the plan just goes out the the plan goes out yeah. the window and yeah. uh, with surreal uh, with that the surreal nature of what's going on and the uh, unanticipated twists and turns and the idea of having a plan. Um, we're 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 all just we're all just winging it. Um, and, yeah. and but we expect that other people have got it sorted somehow. <laughs> and I, I heard one of my mentors talking about this the other day, and he said, "Well, he's he, 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 one of his clients said, so um, you're saying that I should wing it?" Um, and he said, "Well, yeah, but the the the, the wings are built in. Mm. Yeah, we we have wings built in. We yeah. we cope with whatever." life throws at us um uh, i think you've got to like we we were quite rigid in the start but then as time has moved on we've realized that when we're setting plans or backup plans we have to set those plans very firmly in sand <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that I, I love that metaphor yeah um so nine years then um yeah. What the, the the name of the podcast is Thriving Adoptee. So it, it as as we talked about just before we started recording, it, it it's all about empowering the listeners. Mm. What are the guests have learned over their adoption experience? So, what would you like to share um, uh, that you've learned over those nine nine years ago? I guess the first one would be flexibility or basis <laughs> on, the basis, on the basis of what you just said. You know, building yeah. plans. Inside, yeah, def definitely being flexible and understanding that with the greatest will in the world, you can have the best plan and it can all go to pot, and that's okay. Um, I think you know, there's there's over the past sort of 
year to 18 months, there's been a, a, a phrase being used quite widely of it's okay to not be okay. And I would, I would throw that at parenting. No, that's not necessarily adoptive parenting. It's just parenting. It's okay to not be okay at parenting. It's okay to make mistakes and get things wrong because we're human and they, they put a rubber on the end of a pencil because humans make errors and we need to go back and correct it. Um, so that, that would be a, a big thing. Um, and I think another huge learning that, that we've had is that our children are not their trauma. They're not their story and they're not traumatized children. They are children that have gone through traumatic experiences. And if we, if we treat them as their trauma, if we treat them as victims, I think that they very quickly move into becoming victims. Whereas if we treat them like the survivors that they are and the heroes that they are, they will rise to that challenge and they will rise to that being. Um, and that is something that we've seen with Little Dude. We've seen him thrive and demonstrate time and time again just how strong he is and how resilient he is. And we've gone with that. Um, and I think it's really important that people understand just how strong these these young people are. Wow. Yeah, you've... you've um... You've 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 really, yeah, you, you've really summed that up so, so eloquently, and so briefly, and it's so briefly that you did it, that we could easily skip back it. We could skip back past that. Yeah. Um, so I want to. Uh, I'd, I'd like to unpack that a little bit if I uh, if I would, and I'm gonna start. If it's okay with you, I'll start by throwing in my take on why that why that is the case what you've just said is the case um mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay. yeah um yeah perfect 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 uh, and I was, I was talking about that i was talking about this this morning on the podcast this we've got this idea that resilience is built and it's so it's so endemic. It's so is that the right word? It's so embedded within society. We think this is resilience. Resilience is built. Okay. Now, and so if we've if if so provided that if that is our if if that is our expectation that resilience is built, then we need to go and try and find out how to build it. And how do we do that? And, 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 and then and, and, and we and then that sends us down a um, well these days that sends us down a rabbit warren of the internet. Yeah. How I'm going to build resilience, um, and we end up really really confused because yeah. everybody everybody that is selling resilience programs will tell us that it's built, and it's not. It's seen, it's it's unveiled, it's unveiled. It's a bit like um, so my favorite, one of my favorite metaphors on this is the Michelangelo. Michelangelo was uh, interviewed on the Terry Wogan show. No, it was interviewed about, it was asked about, uh, he was being asked about um, um, how he 
created the statue of David. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, David was underneath there all the time. I just had to chip off the excess stone and he was revealed. So um, that's how resilience in, in, my, in, in my take, it, it, is, it, it, is, um, uh, it, it is discovered, it is unveiled, it's not strength. It's seen, it, it's seen um, by the resilient person. It, 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 it's unveiled through experience. And the, the way I, I, I usually explain this is about, you know, kids learning to, kids learning to walk, they learn to work, walk by falling over and they're not particularly bothered about that, right? Yeah. Then they see the parent and the parent's upset because the parent's worried about the physical strength, not, but they start to, and, and, and so then, then the, the and then the, 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 we take the cue, we take the cues off our off our parents, you know, uh, and um, and therefore we get up. We think that there's something wrong with falling over, right? So, uh, and then you know, fast forward thirty years, people don't start, um, don't start that business, or uh, don't go for that promotion, or don't try this new project, or don't do this, or don't, or or, or don't um, adopt kids. They're worried about failure. They're worried that, you know, a failing makes them a failure. So I think that we're born resilient and we kind of learn fragility. We think that failing says something about us. Like, and you said right at the top, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay, you know, we, we, we pencils have rubbers because, you know, we make mistakes and we go back over them. So, uh, but seeing that resilience, seeing it for ourselves, um, means that we know we can cope you know mm. we can yeah. we can get through that but we've got this world telling us that resilience is learnt and trying to sell us resilience training courses when all i'm saying is it it it's seen it's seen so uh little dude has seen his own resilience you mm. have seen his own resilience you you have seen your own resilience yeah yeah, uh, you and your husband have seen your your ability to cope, and you've learned it and you've seen it for yourself. It's been revealed to you. I don't know if I'm over. Uh, no, I, it. does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense, and I couldn't agree more. I think you know it's it's always there. And I think, like you say, resilience. It there's a lot of buzzwords within the world of adoption and parenting, and I remember like in any any training that I do with sort of prospective adopters we talk about resilience and it's interesting because we ask the question first what is resilience and often there's quite a lot of baffled sort of faces because we have it but we don't necessarily think about it we don't necessarily put words to what being resilient is about and then our second question interestingly like what you've just said is we then say how do you build a child's resilience and the genuine answer is you can't. You just support them with their own development, don't you? You 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 do you put things in place to help them see their own resilience, to help them see just how incredible they are. Um, so it's not building it, it's it's allowing them to encapture that and see it for themselves that they are incredible. 
Um, and I'm going to go, if it's okay with you, we'll stay on this, stay on this, yeah. stay yeah. on this vibe because I think it's really important. So we're, we're, we are going almost like, I'm laboring this point for the, for the listeners' benefit to see them mm-hmm. because they haven't seen it, right? So I say there's, there's, two, there's two things here. Um, we, uh, we can help our uh, child become more resilient, you know, given all the stuff that we've said, by being able to see it, our own resilience for ourselves. So the, the more clearly we can see our, 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 our resilience as adults, parents, whatever, then the better we're, we're going to be able to point that out to our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And the better, uh, the, the, so the, and, and the, the more we're going to be resilient role models for our kids. So like I, I was doing some stuff in a primary school a few years ago and they said that they wanted a resilience course. And so this the head teacher said that they want, so we had this meeting and I, and I was talking about different resilience concepts and stuff like that. And, and the deputy head said, well, for, uh, if we want our kids to be more resilient, we have to become more resilient ourselves. And I was like, I'm not a religious guy, but I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, because he, he had seen it for himself. If I'd said to him, right, Mr. Deputy Head Teacher, you need to become more resilient if you want to, he would have said, no, 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 no. Well, or he would have, well, he, he wouldn't have disagreed because we're middle class and we're British, so we don't tell the truth. Really. <laughs> um, he would have said, yes, of course. Uh, yes, of course, Simon. But it's, he, in, inside, he would have been thinking, what, what's this guy? T- what does he know about kids? You know, he's not a deputy head that's had 30 years experience that I've had, you know. So, but he saw it, he saw that for himself. So in the same way as we see our own resilience for ourselves. And then the, 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 so the better our own understanding of resilience and the fact that it's built. So if we think it's strengthened, like going to the gym, or we have to go to resilience training and all this sort of stuff, then we're going we, we're gonna to be disappearing down the wrong, um, we're going to be looking in the wrong place. And we're yeah. going to send our kid looking in the wrong place as well. So uh, that's, and if we're looking in the wrong place, we're not going to get the answer that we want. So um, it's, seeing it in, it's seeing it in our, ourselves and then the clearer we can see it for ourselves, the better our chances and the more flexibility we're going to have about getting the kids to see that for themselves. So I often talk about using um, questions to draw draw the information out of kids or draw the insight um, because there is no thing, no such thing as a second-hand insight. We have to have them for ourselves. Mm. So our job is to um, help the kids have the insights about their own innate resilience. And that's um, questions and um, uh, I'm drawing them, uh, taking them back in time to the fact, you know, making them see that what they, um, what they just did naturally through their survival instincts is something that actually is, resilience it's uh it's in an eight it's in an eight skill so yeah yeah definitely does that make yeah no i uh i again completely agree with you um i think i think 
certainly we're getting better and better at being able to see it and being able to embrace it and help not just young people, but all people to see it as well. Um, because I think when I think of resilience, I, I might be playing a game of semantics and I might be pulling on the wrong string. But for me, I see almost confidence in the, in the way of sort of, if I look at resilience, I see confidence. I see confidence in yourself, confidence in the world around me, confidence that I will be seen, heard, paid attention to. I will do well. I am worth doing well. So it's it's about how that grows um, and seeing that sort of growing in any individual. And like we said, you know, I've got to see that in myself first. I need to be able to see that I can be a good enough parent and help you along your journey. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's nice. I uh, I totally agree on that. Um, resilience, uh, I look at it in terms of uh, bouncing back from setbacks. Bouncing back from setbacks. Yeah. So the setbacks of uh, of of the trauma that sort mm. of setback and also so bouncing back from the setback is uh, and, and, and overcoming the trauma is also for me is related to what you said about uh, um the fact that children are not the trauma that they are not their trauma right if the trauma right. was part of them People say this, oh, but it's stored in the body. And, uh, and uh. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of, for, it's, it, 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 for me, it's, it, 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 you know, once the trauma has gone, it's, it, it's, it may be stored in the, in the, it may be stored in the body, but it's stored in the body surely as a, as a, as a memory or when then I'm sure psychologists say, well, it's an unconscious memory. And then, well, where's the gap then? Do you know why? I mean, um, the trauma is it's a part of it's a part of them is it it's a part of your story but it's not your only story you know it's it's a part of little dude has experienced trauma and that is a part of him sure but i think what what happens is we we fall into the trap or people fall into the trap of thinking it's the only part of their story. Whereas little dude, when he talks about it, he says, it's such a small, tiny bit of who I am, but people always want to focus just on that little bit. Yeah. And that's the wrong bit to focus on. Yeah. You know. So I'm going to play it semantics as well now um, because... I totally. He, I don't think that any of us are our story. Um, mm. None of us are our story. So um, no. What what I what I, I saw this. I heard this really, uh, really um, clearly, and it, uh, really clearly. And it's one of those things that's so simple. It sounds a little bit philosophical, but it's totally, in, in my view, it's totally true. Right? He said. Somebody said, "We are a product of our environment." Okay. So we are a product of our environment. And I thought, well, that means that we were nothing 
before we came into that environment. What we're a product of our experience. We're you know, um, this has this has made me who who I am. Well, mm. it, 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 it may have shaped your personality, but your personality isn't fixed. Do you know what I mean? No. And and yesterday could have shaped you just as equally. Something could have happened to you yesterday that was just as in, impactful that could alter tomorrow. You know, how many people, how many of your listeners, how many of us have, have had those experiences where you decided to change career completely because something happened? You know, a twist of fate, a swim, simple twist of fate has just altered it. And you're now, that experience has had a bigger impact than this experience. And it's all, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. It is all relative, and it, this all goes to me about this. It goes to the identity. It goes to the identity piece. Who are we? So we're not our person. We're not our body. We're not our personality. We're not our story. We're not even our name. Think about it. Mm. Like, so I, I I joke about this, and it, it sometimes I sometimes think that I'm um, being slightly mad about this. But you know, you're talking to you're talking to Simon Jonathan Dan here, right? but I was David Anthony Flower for a while. Mm. So if I have had two names, I could be saying, oh, which one am I? Which one am I? Which one am I? Am I so and so? And then I, but on the other point of that, it's like, well, I'm, um, I'm not my... I, if The truth is always true. It never changes. So mm. I can't be either. And think about all the kids that arrive in the world without her. With, with without a name they can't be we can't be our name so if mm. if we've got this identity thing we think you know we think well we're not our we're not our, you know the um, uh, the simple way of putting this is the quote by a french philosopher he said we're not spiritual we're not uh, human beings having a spiritual experience we're spiritual beings having a human experience and the, the spirit, that kind of life force it, 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 within us, that, that survivor, that survivor, the, the survivor, the innate life force, the thing that cannot be damaged, whatever, that's who we are. Mm. Trauma is part of the experience. So we... Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like I say, and, and I think I could I could bang this drum for a thousand years and still not be done. <laughs> but I think so many people focus and draw their attention so rapidly to the trauma that they forget that there's a being behind it. Um, and and I think that that could be such a such a dreadful mistake because. If, if people didn't talk about their trauma, they didn't mention it, would you expect them to have had it? You know, you could, you could talk to little dude and you could probably talk to him for a good hour and have no inclination that there's anything there. But in the same breath, if, if you said, actually, I'd like to learn about this, he'd talk to you about that as well. But it's not who he is, you know? So it's... Uh, I guess I've always lived in a world where 
I, I was raised in a world whereby we was always taught to find the positive and we was always taught to find the smile. And even in the toughest, roughest, harshest stories, we try and find the smile. And I think with, with Little Dude, that's what we've done. We've said, actually, the trauma is really tough, but look where you are now. Look what's happening to you now. And Little Dude, when we talk to him about his trauma, he actually, he's, and these are his words, he tells us that he is incredibly grateful that he went through three and a half years of really difficult times. And when we ask him, you know, why? He says, if I didn't go through those three and a half years, it wouldn't, it would mean that I wouldn't now live with you guys. And he says, do you know what? That was worth it. Now, me personally, Simon, I don't think I'm worth three and a half years of trauma. <laughs> but I, I think you're worth probably three and three quarters. <laughs> but but that's how he's viewing it. You know, he's he's taken such a positive spin on some really difficult stuff. And he's twisted it around and gone, no, well, let's look at let's look at how this ended. This ended up with me being in a home where I'm happy. So it's worth it, you know? And I think, I think that's what we have to do. We have to see the strength in our children. We have to see the strength in, in all those around us and all that they can do and realise just how, how wonderful they are and how incredible and how inspiring they are as well. Um, we, we talked a little dude about this the other day and I said, you know, I was asked recently about who who inspires me. And I said to him, I said, without a shadow of a doubt, I always answer little dude. It's my, he is my biggest inspiration because he's just incredible in everything that he does. Wow. We've got this world obsessed with the trauma. Yeah. And we've got a world obsessed with negativity. Mm. Uh, I was accused of toxic positivity. Po positivity. <laughs> I think I think if uh, <laughs> I think people would use the same sort of language for me, Simon. Um, I I sometimes I've had social workers say to me, you know, it's it's all well and good you tell your story, but you could sort of like make it a little bit. You could downplay it a few times. You're very happy. Like, well look at the end result look what i've got how can i not be ecstatic um and oh no i don't think that's quite right I, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's you look and you think do you know what i think i think it would be very easy for all of us to focus on the negative and i think it'd be very easy for all of us to live under a dark cloud because I mean, particularly this last 18 months, there's plenty of rocks to climb under and hide under. But actually, there's a lot of sunshine out there too. And you could miss it. You could quite easily miss it. And I think that that would be a crying shame. Um, I, I think, I remember when I was young, I remember talking to my friends, trying to work out what the meaning of life was. Mm -hmm you know, a couple of teenagers trying to get philosophical. And I, I used to say, you know, I don't think you ever know the meaning of your life until your life comes to an end. 
and then you'll realize what what the meaning eventually was but now as i look at things i think the the, the purpose for my life is to see how often i can smile and to see how often i can make others smile and that for me that that wins and now having little dude in our life he has given me purpose he has given me that that meaning of well i just want to be a great dad and i want to be a family and i want to smile about it and and that's that's kind of what drives me really yeah i feel you i feel you brother <laughs> uh, uh isn't it 42 the answer to life sorry meaning of life wasn't it that's hitchhiker's guide to the guy yeah yeah 42 i think was the was the meaning of life in the yeah. um, yeah. I, I was uh we're in danger of being too positive but hey you know you're the guest i'm the host <laughs> if, if, if people don't like it they can turn off on it <laughs> you know they can turn into trauma trauma fm on the radio or something like that. yeah Absolutely. I mean, I'm not being funny. You only have to open a newspaper and you'll find some trauma and negativity. So, yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, uh, what did I hear? I heard something um, on this subject. Like, okay, well, you've been a. Um, what do you think? Oh, you've been a. You've been a. You've been poly, uh, Pollyanna. You know. Well, does 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 worrying about anything make it better? And yeah. um, I, I, and uh, as a guy who used to worry a lot about worrying, this is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to worry about worrying, and then I'd worry about worrying about worrying, and then I'd worry about worrying about worrying, and because I've been on all these courses uh, about not worrying, so then I beat myself up about worrying about not worrying, and it, it, it's just you just you doubt you're disappearing down a disappearing down a, 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 a very dark. Uh, rabbit hole yeah and um that's that's you know I, so i say where's the where's the line between understanding the trauma and moving past it uh and i think so, i think i think it's you know it, it's as simple as seeing that children as you say in your words Children are not their trauma and they're not their story. Yeah. But seeing that, we've got this world, you know, we're, we're human beings or spiritual beings, whatever we are, you know, I can change my mind there. So, um, we're not human doings, but we have this obsession in doing. What do I need to do? We don't yeah. need to do. We need to, we need to do better. We need to see better. And when we see better, we'll do better. So it's like children are not the trauma and, we're laboring it, but it until we change, and until we change, until our outlook changes, then we'll keep on doing the same sort of stuff. Won't we? Of course, I think um, like the way that we try to talk about it when I'm sort of meeting with prospective doctors, I talk to them about how actually what we want to do is we, after you've had your settling in period and you've started to understand what type of parent you're going to be, what we like to do is then just live your life and just have your life but every now and then we just need to check in and make sure that our adoption switch is still active and every now and then you just go i'm just going to click this on because i think this is actually adoption related this is something that 
I just need to think about slightly differently. But in the early days, you flick that switch a, a, a lot. But I'm nine years down the line. And I would say we have to click our adoption switch on. Let's, let's even go bold and say once a month. You know, even that I think is, is more than it actually is. But it's every now and then you just click and go, oh, I wonder if I, wonder if I need to think about this differently. You just check in with yourself and then you can step back and go, no, I think we're on the right track here. Does that uh, um, switch ever get, is, is, the con- is, the, is the switch always actually something that you consciously do or presumably it, it, it gets switched on itself? Something happens, I think, is this it? You know? or, or how does that work? I think I've got the luxury because I help deliver training. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm constantly being made aware of new things and, and I'm quite a therapeutic parent. In, as a natural sort of draw. So I'm quite emotionally attuned and emotionally aware, I thought, I like to think that I am. And I think that it's a subconscious thing that something will be said or there'll be a movement or a, a little snippet of a comment. And I just go, right, we now need to turn that switch on and we now need to just focus in on this and see what needs to happen here. So. I think it's just about being emotionally in tune and just saying, actually, normally in a conversation, I might deal with it like this, but today I just need to alter this a bit. I need to take a step back. Um, I think, I think that's a, I guess that's the skill of experience um, of understanding in life. Actually, we don't need to be reactive we can step back and take a breath before we give this short, sharp, shock reaction. The more experience that you get with things, the more you're able to say, okay, that's, that's thrown me for a loop. I'm now going to think about that and I'm going to respond as best as I can. And I think, again, have the confidence that I might get this wrong. Yeah. Are you talking about reacting rather than responding? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, the other way around. Sorry, responding Res- rather than yeah. reacting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose exactly that. You know, you can get, you can have a, a comment made, a passing comment made, and you might feel like you've got to react, but actually, just take a breath, consider what's happened, and then, like you said, you're going to respond to it, but you're not going to have to do that real quick reaction to it. And then everyone learns that you can actually be a bit calmer with these things that are going on. Yeah, so I guess it's spending less time in panic mode. Over nine years, you've, you're spending less time in panic mode, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and, and the perspective and, and the time, um, the time gives you the, or the, 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 the as in the t- taking the time to respond rather than react and not spending in panic mode. Take, uh, is is learned um so how do you learn that well you learn that by experience that's the next question Everybody, well yeah how yeah um the, my, my favorite one on this is i think you would use the word perspective um i heard a, a great metaphor for this is that you know if we um imagine the answer to what we need to do next is um uh written on the 
um, floor of the swimming pool, right? So if if the you know like the, if the waters are turbulent in in the turbulence of uh, of day to day life or in the middle of the event, you can't you can't see the answer because of the the waves on the top of the swimming pool. Um, if you try and swim down, then you might run out of breath. Uh, and um, uh, and also when you get close to it, you get so close to it, you won't see the answer. But if you let the so this is from a guy called Michael Neal uh, for full um, cred. Um, if you take a little bit of time, then the the waters settle, and you get a bit of perspective. You get out of the the cauldron of the stuff that's going on, and you, you're sitting on the side of the pool. Um, and the water's clear, you'll see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you've got to, you can have, just have enough patience to pick your moment. To Absolutely. And, and I, I accept that a lot of the time that's a lot easier said than done. And I also acknowledge that even nine years down the line, I still, every now and then, will still jump in that pole and try and swim to the bottom to get to the answer. Because, again, I'm still learning. You know, I, I never profess to be a perfect parent. I, I only ever say that I, I would love, I would love, or I try to be a great parent and I'd love it if I was achieving that. I, I can't say if I'm a good parent. That's up to little dude. He, he's the one who decides that. But I can say that I know I try. I bring my A game and I try every day to be a great parent. But along that journey, I make mistakes. And I would say through making those mistakes, that's how I've grown. And I'd say that I've become a better parent because of the mistakes that I've made. Because of the stupid amount of times that I've jumped into that pool thinking this is the time I can get to the bottom and I can still breathe and I can still see the answer at the bottom and I can't but I think through the amount of times that I've tried that's the amount of times that you're always constantly trying to be a better parent so you're learning from it and going I wonder if actually I could have dealt with that better and next time I do yeah so what are you working on at the moment I think <laughs> the thing that we're sort of working on as a family at the moment um, is, is kind of helping a little dude to get the next level of perspective. He's just finished senior school. He intends to go on to college. And we're now teaching him that level of, okay, you're moving into adulthood it's time to learn how to navigate more things in adulthood and more things that are going to go on for you in that adult world. Work, money, relationships, um, influences, um, and all things like that. So that's what we're kind of working on. And, and I think as well, I, I talked about this recently about the transition, and I think actually instead of us working on Little Dude, it's more... I need the work because I need to transition into having an older child, an older son, a son that has got more independence. I need to transition into letting go a little bit 
and being okay with that. So I think that's that's what we're working on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, incredible self-awareness there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it takes time. <laughs> and I, I, on my weekly podcast, I, I use it as almost like a, a therapeutic couch to talk to myself. But, but yeah, that's that's something that I've realised recently that I'm for so long I have felt that little dude has needed me, and for so long he has. But slowly but surely, you're helping him to grow this independence and become more and more independent. And by proxy, as that as you are good at that, if you are good at helping them grow independent, what that means is they need you less. So your success means that you have to let go. And that's that's been really, really quite a big challenge for me to go, he doesn't need me as much anymore. And I, I need to have my own identity and he needs to have his. And again, that's okay. In fact, it's fantastic. That's what we were looking for. So, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to play with the let it go thing because I was playing with this yesterday in, in a group I'm in on a, 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 little, a little Facebook group I'm in. Um, uh, and uh, it came from being in the swimming pool. Uh, no, that, not metaphorical, actually, being at the swimming pool. And right. hearing, the, hearing the, the frozen song, you know, Let It Go. Um, I, and I've been swimming there a long time. And I, I know the, 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 the lads that work there and, and the girls, uh, the other people that were there, I know a lot of them fairly well. Uh, so I said to one of the guys, it's called Nick, I said, uh, what, what's she singing about? What's the it? Yeah. Let it go, right? So I'm going to yeah. ask you the same question. What's the it? Okay. No, not, from your, no, no, no not, not, not from your perspective, from the song's perspective, yeah? Yeah. You can't so, see her stuff in there. In, in yeah. yeah. So I, I guess when, uh, when, when she's singing sort of let it go, I guess it's... I think she's almost like saying, let go of the worry, let go of the anxiety, let go of all of these things that have been telling you not to do something. Right. Let that go and just be you. That, that's, that would be my take on that song. Just be yourself. Yeah. Um, but there isn't an it, is there? No. <laughs> No. It's not there. <laughs> and kind of like uh, the, the thing that's going around, right? I, like the, the thing that the, the metaphor or the continuation of the metaphor, right, that was going around in my head is like, I've got to hunt around to find something that doesn't exist. It's mm. a thought. It's a thought. And I, well, a, a thought isn't a, a thought isn't a thing, is it? It's, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it didn't it didn't matter until we kind of like focused on it yeah we we made it matter we made it something but our own thing and we 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 used human interpretation and then took that as gospel <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the one I, I, I talk about my own particular, um, you know, because you talked about buzzwords earlier on, right? There's all these buzzwords flying around, you know, so there's, uh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, there's uh, interracial adoptees, there's intercountry adoptees, there's um, uh, domestic adoptees, there's, inter uh, there's um, international adoptees, there's late adopt late discovery adoptees there's all you know all these things right so uh, in in the spirit of that i call myself a a, 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 a late late trauma late late traumatized adoptee right that's why i can't yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know i got it into my head right um that uh, uh, uh this this that this trauma was a thing so i, I talk about it like uh, I, I you know i i created a snowball Snow, but a snow trauma, a trauma ball, right? Like you create a snowball, and then I rolled it along the ground, right? With my focus, mm. and it got bigger. Uh, I, I, and then, uh, and then I did some work on myself. I did some consciousness exploration. I did some understanding, you know, digging around in this area. And that became like a um, industrial heater on the snowball, and it it, it 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 melted to water. And then I kept on bringing the industrial heater to bear on 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 the puddle that was left, and then it evaporated, and there was nothing left. Right. So that's what. That that's my trauma experience, yeah. but there was never anything there. Yeah, yeah, and again, we we focus on it, and it, it begs the question of why, doesn't it? it? Begs the question of of why we focus why? so so heavily on these things. Um, well, I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's part of, uh, human conditioning to look for what's wrong. Mm. Yeah. I think it's part of our cultural norms for looking what's wrong, you know? Um, so like, if you even take like a, we have the superstar, um, superstar, um, celebrities, don't we? And then we, we build them up and then we knock them down, you know, yeah. Jade Goody and people like that. Um, and with obviously with uh, terrible uh, uh, terrible consequences, um, we have like so we've we've got uh, auditors looking at the numbers to see what's wrong. We've got lawyers looking at the contracts to see what's wrong. I I've been in kids publishing education publishing for a long time, so right, I, like I'm looking for I'm, I'm editing on proofreading. I'm looking for what's wrong. Um, yeah, we are we've got a negativity bias. We're looking for, we're looking for what's wrong. We're looking for what's wrong. We're, you know, what's wrong with our politicians? What's wrong with COVID? And, and, and it's so ingrained in us culturally. And, and we believe the guys in the white coats, don't we? We believe, yeah. we, we believe the, you know, there's, there's authors, right? Authors. And then there's the authorities, you know, like it's like we believe the we believe the we believe the experts, and also the experts. Um, well, 
nobody gets sacked for warning of problems ahead, do they? No. But but they but they do get sacked if something negative happens and they haven't warned people about it. So we've got like oh uh, we're like a, we're we're working on this early warning system, aren't we? We're like the the whole the whole culturally we're, we've got an early warning system going on um, for looking for what for what's wrong, and it's so it's so conditioned in this then you know then adoption what you know what's wrong with you um, yeah yeah we um i remember when little dude first started um school we the teacher recommended that we introduce a behavior book so she could update us on how he had done each day and we started doing this and every single day it was just this plethora of negativity and oh and then he did this and then he did that and then I spoke to her and I said right I don't want to read any negativity at all I said I'd like this book to be his good boy book I said I want you to try and catch him doing something good stop finding what he's doing wrong and catch him doing something good catch him out doing something great and then ask him to write that in the book Let's see if that changes the perspective. And it did. He changed his entire demeanour towards the book. He changed his entire demeanour towards his learning. Because, and we did the same when he was in senior school. I remember it was really irritated me. We'd go to a parents' evening and each teacher that we sat down with, they would say, right, little dude, what do you think I'm going to say? And he would lead with the negative and say, oh, well, I'm a bit chatty and I don't always hit my deadlines and things like that. The teacher would then react to that and say, yeah, you're right, you don't, and that's disappointing. And after like the second or third time, I thought, no, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm not doing this. So I said to little dude, I said, right, here's what we're going to do. So next time that we sit down, so your teacher says, what do you think I'm going to say? Or how do you think you're getting on? I said, turn around and say, I think I'm doing really well. I'm proud of how much effort I've put into the class. And he changed it. And every single reaction, every single teacher then said, well, yeah, I think you're right. You are putting in a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, do you know what? I'm not going to focus on all of this awful stuff. Let's look at what's going right, for goodness sake. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. You know, it's like there's this genius there, pal. There's real genius. Um, my um, some people, uh, a guy that I've learned a lot from, uh, a guy called Richard Wilkinson, his um, partner, uh, Liz Ivory. They say, you know, who who finds more uh, pearls, the pearl diver or the bus driver? Um, it's like, what are we looking for? Mm. yeah exactly well we're putting our focus yeah. so what we focus on gets bigger yeah yeah and also for um for those who are saying it's easy for him to say that uh, i don't do that all the time either, you know <laughs> um and but here's the thing is like most of us aren't choosing how we behave, how we feel, definitely what we think most of the time. 
Mm. Most of the time doing that. So if we're not choosing, that's not our fault. Mm. It's, it's not our fault. So if we can, with all the stuff, if we can forgive ourselves for all the stuff, or we can the more we can forgive ourselves for the stuff that we wouldn't, wouldn't do, wouldn't choose to do, wouldn't choose to feel, wouldn't choose to, to think, and how we wouldn't choose to see ourselves, let ourselves off the hook. Because the whole thing is like, could be, could be seen as, right, well, what Simon's saying is, is tell me just to think positive. Well, we can't think positive all the time. Um, but don't, and uh, the, the more we can let ourselves off the hook for the stuff that we don't choose, that the easier we can be on ourselves, the easier we can be on our kids and we can be that, that role model. And, you know, you talked about it's okay to not, not to be okay. We've got this thing. We've got this thing in, uh, uh, when I speak to, 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 to my coach, I speak to less regularly than I used to do, but, um, cause I'm not struggling as much. Uh, it's okay not to be okay. We've got this emotophobia going on, right? We've got this fixation with our feelings, mm. um, and you know, like, oh, you know, I'm feeling really. That's going to pass, isn't it? You know, but the more the more we focus on the, how we're feeling, if we're feeling down, then the, the worse kind of the worse it, it gets, and we've got this we've got this whole thing about, yeah. A, 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 a motophobia where the, the feelings can't actually hurt us you know? mm. what if yeah. that didn't quite matter quite as much yeah um, wow it's been a great conversation um, is there anything else you'd like to to share or sum up from or no I, do you know what I think it's been a you're right it's been a great conversation um, I think I think we've covered covered what I always like to get across, which is, you know, see the goods. Um, don't, don't always sort of hone in on that tough stuff because there's so much more. Um, so, you know, to, to all of your listeners who are perspective or current adopters, I'm, I'm wish, sending out all of the, the positivity and wishing them the best. Yeah. Fantastic. And, just tell everybody the name of your podcast. We'll put a link in. Um, we'll put a link in, to obviously, into the to, to the to show notes so people can um, listen to you more. Uh, yeah. So my my um, podcast is called Adoption Adventures. Um, like I say, we we hold a sort of like it's a weekly podcast. So um, sometimes we have guests. Um, sometimes it's just the ramblings of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Thanks a lot for coming um, on. Oh, just before I go, you got any questions for me? Oh, Simon, that's that's going to throw me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to say I haven't got any questions for you, um, but thank you for the opportunity to ask. Um, yeah, cool. no, I, I'm all good. Yeah, cool. Okay, pal. Thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, I'll see you very soon. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, listeners. See you later. Bye.